0: It will happen no matter what. As, as I was doing at a uh, party after a few wobbly pops, uh, this is so evil even Bane likes it. Perhaps <laughs> Tyrell should reconsider his wages before his scrotum loses
1: most of its hair. <laughs> they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography. They love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Kura, a Saskatchewan Roughriders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy Dancing with the Stars next uh, season? Bring you the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Kura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense can't forget the nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the two and out podcast. Ready, set, hut! Welcome to episode eleven of the two and out CFL podcast. John Fraser,
2: Travis Curra. It feels weird to be looking at you. I know this. I this is throwing me off.
0: You and I are actually in the same place for the first time on this podcast. I feel like
2: I should go into another room.
0: <laughs> I <know. laughs> We're, we're talking about this because we're both in Lloydminster for the long weekend. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm like, well, why don't we actually just record it in person? Now I'm realizing how weird this is and I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> like, normally when we work together, you know, back when, when you interned with me, you know, you, we had like a large table between us. That's true. Now we're on... A love uh, seat. <laughs> we're on a love seat. Uh, our laptops are between us. And uh, I can see uh, your fuzzy beard and that little twinkle in your eye you get when we're recording a pod. I don't like it. This
2: just it. reminds me of uh, when I went as Cupid for oh, Valentine's no, Day at the don't. radio station.
0: This is not... Okay, this is another story from the John Trapp pass that we need to tell here on the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Um, <laughs> Travis, uh, dressed up as Cupid, uh, one Valentine's Day and uh, I was the man uh, that uh, was tasked with making sure your wings would stay on. <laughs> And as I'm digging through your chest hair... To and, this, certain, and
2: this is not just some lame Cupid. I'm literally wearing a bedsheet and yep. nothing else.
0: Yep, yep. It, uh, it's... it's uh, uh, <laughs> So here you are, no, no tarpon on, uh, asking me to adjust your, your suspenders that were holding on your wings, digging through your chest hairs, and you're like, look me in the eyes, John. <laughs> look me in the eyes. And still, I still have nightmares about you. I still
2: it's, can't even say look me in the eyes John to him it's just oh I, can I
0: know because s- you're looking down when you're saying
2: <laughs> before we get to the news I gotta ask the quest to have 37 beers this oh, weekend
0: my head hurts
2: <laughs> uh, you came over steaming hot cup of coffee
0: yeah I uh, woke up 20 minutes before we started recording this um I can tell you uh, the last update we gave, I, I, I had lost count of how much I had drank. And I said, well, I've got at least two cases and a half a bottle of rum. <laughs> and then I went again last night. And I can tell you that uh, I've down three cases of beer and at least one bottle of rum. You know, some beers were given out, but I also drank some weird slushy drinks we were making. And, uh, yeah, so I, I survived the, the bet with the Edmonton Eskimo podcast. I- what, the Eskimo, Eskimo Empire. Empire. I can my brain hurts so much today. I can't even think of it. Um I won I won the wager. I drank all that booze and uh, now I hurt.
2: I think it's clear that the Riders are not the 2011 BC
1: Lions.
0: <laughs> no, I think that is painfully obvious. <laughs> oh mean, yeah. I don't think the 2011 BC Lions were ever up in a fever about possibly firing their coach after going 0 and 5. They were just I mean, the thing is, too, with those 2011 BC Lions, you have to remember that they were in a situation where they were playing in Empire Field, a lot of road games, a lot of tough games early. For whatever reason, they couldn't figure it out at Empire Field. They moved back to BC Place, and they are la flama blanca. Like, yeah. they're just on fire.
2: Uh, and that will not happen to the Riders now. No. It, it feels like we can't do a podcast without something else going on with the Riders, yeah, so we will we will talk about them in the news Again, yeah, uh, and we will also have a guest on Josh Smith from the Podsky Wee Wee uh, podcast because that Argos and uh, TyCats game, Tim Hortons Field yesterday, we got to talk to him yep. about that game. Uh, let's get to the news
1: in the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. Shamari Williams signs in Edmonton. <laughs> Is I just that, had. Is I, that our just,
0: lead news item? Today? Like, if
2: I had to do that as the lead news item,
0: <laughs> I don't. Uh, well, and I think you said it right before we got to recording. Is watch Edmonton turn him into something? I believe you said watch Edmonton turn him into Joe Montfort or <laughs> maybe Mike O'Shea, or just imagine this. I, I mean,
2: the Edmonton defense is so deep. I will say this about Shamari. Yeah, he had some good years as a special teams guy. Yeah, he did, but. As soon as you start him anywhere on the defense, it just doesn't work.
0: But if he's willing to go to Edmonton and learn through Chris Jones, because you look at all these guys, basically every Edmonton linebacker that we know, Dexter McCoyle, um, J.C. Sherritt, all these guys, they were nobodies until they hooked up with Chris Jones, and all of a sudden, they are household names around the CFL. Two of the best around the league. So if you're Shamari Williams and you had, he probably had options to go. Let's face it, he's got a ton of potential. Former number one pick by the Riders, never worked out in Saskatchewan. I'm surprised Saskatchewan get, didn't give him a second call because their linebacking core has been okay at best, and they're so thin on specials. But go to Edmonton if you're willing to learn from Chris Jones and his staff. They seem to be a linebacker making machine. I think it's going to be good for him, but again, uh, he's quickly becoming the first guy. I think he might be the first guy. I thought it was going to be Kevin Glenn, uh, but Shamari Williams might just play for all nine CFL
2: teams. (laughs) This has to be his last chance, you'd think.
0: Unless he shows well enough, and if he goes to Edmonton and shows well enough, even on the practice roster, and shows well enough that Chris Jones will give him basically a reference, you know, if they run into a numbers game, if they run into a depth thing... If he comes with a recommendation from Chris Jones, if, if and when his shot comes to a close, I think another team that's maybe a little thin will, will give him one more shot. Uh, and again, that just speaks to the pedigree of, of Chris Jones. Just like Scott Milanovic just develops quarterbacks left, right, and center, Chris Jones just develops... Linebackers and defensive players left, right, and center.
2: Tyrell Sutton bangs up his knee in the in the Calgary game. It looks like Brandon Rutley has to be the pickup there. Yep. He had five carries against Calgary, twenty five yards, and he actually looked all right. He looks like he will fight for every single yard. Sutton actually looked okay as well. Logan has one carry this season. He's not going to be the guy that takes the snaps on no, offense.
0: No, he's kind of become that uh, Brandon Banks-esque player that he's yep. a home run or nothing. If he rips off a return, he's going to get you a lot of points. I know Banny was asking us on Twitter uh, about him, but uh, he's there's going to be weeks he's going to get you 13, 14 points. There's going to be weeks he gets you... Diddly squat because if you just just looking looking at the at the carries I mean even when Sutton goes down he doesn't he doesn't see the ball at all I mean it, it's, it seems to be Rutley's job to lose um, how about Calgary coming back again
2: oh 17 nothing and I'm thinking our pickups looking great this week <laughs> but
0: again we <laughs> blew it what well, uh,
2: can we even be mad anymore because
0: no, no I don't think so well and it's, it's crazy with Calgary this year because even without John Cornish you know, you're, you're looking at them and thinking they might be a bit of a question mark. I mean, they gave up a 16 nothing lead to Winnipeg, came all the way back. They gave up a 17 nothing lead to Montreal, came all the way back. I, those slow starts are going to bite them right in the butt one of these days, but it, yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen. Like, they've just been... They've been so good for, for so long. I can't think of a world where we live in that Calgary's not a contender. I mean, I, I literally... I can't think back to a year that they've been maybe the year that Matt Dunnigan was in charge.
2: Well, it had to be, be- yeah, that's what I'm saying, like before Burris even yep. went there from Saskatchewan.
0: But even, you remember, they were they were really good. Well, they had
2: Crandall, and he yeah. even had, a, he won a great cup
0: there. Exactly, late 90s, early 2000s, they were good, and then all of a sudden Matt Dunnigan comes in with his barbecue sauce and his woos, I love Matt Dunnigan as a broadcaster, <laughs> but obviously he's not a very good coach. Obviously... You get a sack. You get some barbecue sauce. Woo! Does not work for professional football players.
2: Uh, Shakir Bell hurt himself last game too. I don't know what this means, but I was in the stands and he left the fourth quarter early. He left the field. Yep. I don't know if they showed that on TV. It's probably not. I can't see it being serious, but it is a short week for Edmonton. Yeah, uh,
0: if he's if they're taking him off the field, they're probably just you know getting him undressed and uh, yeah. I, let's face it, that game was in the bag, and even that's
2: if, true. I, that's what I thought about too. That. <laughs> Saskatchewan ain't coming back. Exactly. When you put Tino in, oh. it's like Roger Nielsen with the white flags. Like, we're
0: done. <laughs> Friend of mine I was watching the, the game with here, uh, for one, we had shut the game off by the time uh, Tino had come in. Uh, but he calls Tino two and out. Doesn't call him Tino sincere, but it's amazing to see that Tino Is he the
2: official quarterback of the Two and Out podcast? He might be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's just not tell him that, why he's the official
2: hey, He's got a great head of hair. I'll give him that.
0: And he's a nice guy. I can't, I can't say that enough. Tino's a great guy. But uh, he actually didn't look awful, but he was typical Tino. And I don't know if it's the coaching staff in Saskatchewan saying, don't go deep, or if it's him that keeps just throwing it short. I mean, 5 for 8 for 63 yards with the pick. He was sacked a couple of times. I mean, he was...
2: He got blindsided. Oh, yeah. And-
0: I mean, the blindside one, you, you can't blame him, but I mean, yeah. Tino Sinceri is Tino Sinceri. You know he's going to hold on to the ball for just a second too long, he's going to make some mistakes, and he's going to prefer to go to the, the short routes, which is, you know, I've seen him in practice and training camp. He's got an absolute cannon of
1: He above.
2: does.
0: I don't know why they don't, you know, take the reins off or something with this guy, but yeah, dark days ahead in Saskatchewan, that <laughs> is for... Sure. The
2: difference between um, Tino and Smith, I was very. I, mean, I know they lost thirty to five, and yeah. it's, it's hard to look at that as a positive. But as soon as the pocket collapsed on Tino, he was turtling faster right. than Claude Lemieux.
0: Claude <laughs> Lemieux reference today. Like hey,
2: Conn Smythe, nineteen ninety-five Stanley yeah, Cup. Yep. Um, Brett Smith on the other hand, if the if the pocket collapsed, he ran, he got out of yeah. the way, he he extended plays and I know out of that some holding calls and yeah. things like that, but he uh I think he looked okay for his first start.
0: So did I. Uh, I, I think he was kind of up against it in, in two ways. That
2: is the worst situation yeah. to start your first game. I yeah. can't think of a worse possible situation.
0: Maybe Montreal or Hamilton this year. Um, only because they've also been as good. But the way that Chris Jones' defense is built is built on the blitz. So you've got a rookie quarterback coming in, his first start. And, and you got to think, too... He was down seven to nothing by the time he even touched the field. Yeah. Like, that's another tough spot to be in. I mean, if that defense could have you know got it in a two and out, you know, let him start fresh. And you could even see like that first quarter, I was listening to Rod Peterson and Karim Cartera in the play-by-play. Uh, I was driving still to Lloydminster when the game started. I listened to that first quarter, and it just it, it didn't sound like he had much of a shot only because, you know, you're down ten nothing. Sounds like he kinda had the jitters, and then I arrived at Lloydminster, flipped it on TV, and I thought Again, I thought he looked good, but I think Edmonton... I mean, you look what Edmonton does. They make everybody look bad. They made Henry Burris look bad. Was, and
2: one of those picks went off of one of his receivers. Exactly.
0: Or, just just some bad luck. But you're right. His escapability is going to be his key. Um, the fact that he can th- run and throw the ball and uh, escape the pressure. I'm going to be interested to see what he does moving forward. Because I don't think there's as much doom and gloom with him. Um, I actually... I'm anticipating a close game between Saskatchewan and Toronto. Uh, this weekend, only because I like Toronto's defense, I like their secondary but I don't think they're that murder your quarterback in the face kind of uh, defense, they're more okay, we'll let you make a mistake and then we're going to run it back 100 yards, so it'll be interesting to see what Brett Smith does with with realistically a a full week ahead of him to prepare for the game in Toronto.
2: We'll talk more about that game in the Fantasy Exposé but another piece of news from Edmonton Uh, they sold out of Pilsner by halftime What? Um, Yeah.
0: How do you not bring in like...
2: like they only bring it in for the Ryder games, eh? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. They don't do it for the other other games. So I'm thinking, man, I need to take the edge off of this game.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I, I, I started the game. Yeah. Went back at halftime, none left. And I'm like, I guess I'm just, you know, facing the Eskimo Empire. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy sitting behind me when, uh, was it Hollins that got hurt?
0: Uh, I, I believe so. The TV may have been off by then because being around uh, my in-laws who are all rider fans, I was I still kind of wanted to, to watch and see the carnage a bit, but uh, obviously they didn't.
2: Well, for me, maybe what kept me in the game is that the riders got two rouges and that just makes me happy. like if you, I, if you, you do, do love
1: a good <laughs>
0: rouge,
2: If you could get two Rouges in a game, you've done your job. Like, you are awesome. So I can support that. But there was an injury in the game. And there was an Eskimo fan behind me. And he literally said this. Shoot him. That's what we do with horses in Alberta. No, Yeah, it was Tyree Hollins that got hurt. And then he said, get him off the field. You're holding up the game. So (laughs) I did not want to be this guy. Yeah. But. Shakir but, Bell goes down.
1: Oh, no,
0: you didn't.
2: <laughs> and then the guy in front of me, Ryder Fan,
0: yeah. shoot him like a horse. And then I stand up.
2: You're holding up the game. <laughs> Dead silence. That guy did not say another word the entire game.
0: I, I, I got to sometimes, you know, a subtle poke like that is enough to point out to somebody that they're being an ass. I mean, they just need to be reminded it's a football game. No matter how many pills y'all have had, it's it's a football... I mean, you never cheer for a guy to get hurt. I no, mean, is-
2: and I, I felt bad saying it, but I felt like I had to prove a point to yeah, that guy. Yeah,
0: I, I, I agree with you. You were making a point. Now, as I, I didn't see any spectacularly dumb... T- well, I did see one spectacularly dumb tweet, but uh, I think we should give that <laughs> our, our dumb tweet of the week. And actually, um, this, this dumb tweet was... Uh, I have to look this up, because it oh, may no. have been one of the funniest things I've seen... In a very very uh, long time, it was to uh, one of the guys on the New Rouge Radio podcast, uh, Dave Dawson. Uh, one of their listeners, I, I forget whether it was to Dave's account or to the Rouge Radio account, sent him a tweet and basically asked, "Well, who? Which quarterbacks has Wally Buono developed?" <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you? What? <laughs> developed.
2: this might be a case of what has he done lately because ever since Travis Lulay, ever since they brought Mike in Lulay, yeah, Lulay's been getting injured, and then Riley didn't even really get a shot in BC till he went to Edmonton. But people no. maybe forgot that uh, era. But I think that's why people look at John Jennings, the backup in BC, and are like, "This guy's awesome" because Wally must have brought him. Yeah, in. Yeah. But I think the new Wally might be Barker and Milanovic in Toronto. Yeah,
0: I- Kalaros,
2: Harris, like,
0: I would, I, I wouldn't disagree with that one, one bit, but uh, even though, it but is, they had
2: the Dickinsons, and they had, yeah, oh, it just didn't stop.
0: No, it, it. it I remember uh, Buck Pierce was another one. Yeah. Casey Printers before he went down to the NFL and forgot how to football when he was
2: actually good. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you just look. I remember the one year. Remember, I can't remember which great Cup game it was, but there was the controversy over. Casey Printers or David Dickinson who starts at the league's MVP or the guy that's that's been there all year, and then the third stringer was Buck Pierce that year. Like I can't, I can't think of a deeper quarterback oh, team yeah. recently. So to suggest that Wally Buono can develop quarterbacks, and again, Lule is an example of that. I think, but remember, Mike Riley was very highly touted He was when they decided to get rid of him because he's just another one of these guys that knew he was ready and knew he could start in the CFL and wanted a new opportunity, a la... Drew Willis, Zach Caleros, you know all these guys. You're not going to stick around and be a backup when you know you can start and there's a demand for you. So that was that was the. I wish I had the Twitter handle. I can't find it real quick right now. But you you should be so ashamed of that tweet that we shouldn't even mention your name on the podcast.
2: <laughs> now, now, Speaking of um, uh, Casey Printers, now I visit writerfans.com as a writer yep. fan, and I love reading on there. There's some good news, but after. You know an 0 and 6 start? <laughs> I just read it for pure entertainment value. Uh, no, it's the sky close. is falling over there. There was actually a thread suggesting that the Riders bring in Casey Printers. There, There's a thread there wow. right now that says uh, if the Riders trade for Drew Tate, does that, does that save the franchise? Like, they're actually talking about places to donate your Rough Rider gear. Like... <laughs>
0: Like, come on like I I've been a Blue Bomber fan. We haven't won a Grey Cup since 1990. Let's not let's remember this Ryder fans. You've been spoiled the past decade and a half. Stick with your damn team because the past decade and a half nobody's been better. Consistent no. regular season, the Grey Cup appearances, you know, you're a counting error away from winning from having a fifth Grey Cup. Let's face it. That game was won by Saskatchewan Somebody forgot how to make 12. Yeah. But just to give away your gear, I, I get it. Rider fans, the expectation has been, we need to be good, we need to be good, we need to be good, but maybe they need to focus on going younger. And this is something that, that me and, and Joel Gasson from CJME have both been vocal about on Twitter, and we've, we've talked about it lots, you know, at training camp, that you look at what other teams do, Toronto being an example, those three rookie receivers... work them into the lineup during the year and see what you have. You know, outside of Ryan Smith, there's nobody the Riders are really doing that with. You know, the offensive line, they're starting to work in some younger guys, like, like Dan Clark is there. And defensively, you run into a situation that, because you've been a veteran team for so long, and you either don't want to or haven't been able to develop rookies, the minute your defensive guys start going down, you have nobody there that's ready to replace them. And that's led to the start. Now, for the Riders, to me... They almost they. You're now three games. Like let's face it, the way the standings are working this year, there's not going to be a crossover. No, the East is the East is good. There could be an East crossover. <laughs> there could be an Eastern crossover. No, you're you're absolutely right. But right now you're zero six. You lost both your games to BC. So you have to flat outright win more games than BC. Right now that'd be three. Winnipeg's got three games. Yes, you still play Winnipeg twice. And let's face it, Calgary and Edmonton, I don't think, are being caught. So now you're going to battle with Winnipeg and BC. You're already three wins behind, both of them essentially. I don't I, I think any move to bring in a veteran player is, is at quarterback is just it's pure desperation. It feels
2: like a waste to me. Yeah. Like you have this season to get some real reps. Yep and see what you have with Brett Smith. So that's what it should be used for, I think, and staying with the Riders. And I would say that 10, 11 years ago, it wasn't cool to be a Rider fan. No. But that all changed because they started winning. The stadium was packed. The, yeah. the atmosphere was incredible. And now I think a lot of Rider fans are forgetting the dark times. Yeah. Or especially The young ones don't know about
0: that. No, it's true. If you were... If you started watching football.
2: Now, I know there was a Grey Cup appearance in the 90s, in 97, but yep. that was pure luck.
0: That was like the 2011 Blue Bombers.
2: Yeah, beating Calgary in the West Semi, yep. Edmonton in the West Final. Yeah. And then Doug Flutie in the Argonauts? Like, yep. There was no way they had a hope in winning that game, and no. of course th- they didn't. <laughs> no.
0: If I'm the Riders, if I'm Brennan Tamman right now, unless a guy like. Because we know Hoffnagel will not get rid of Drew Tate. No. He won't. Huffnagel knows he needs two quarterbacks to be successful in this league. The only situation I could think of is if you're Toronto and you know Ricky Ray is healthy. Because Trevor Harris has kind of quietly become the guy there. And again, there's a team that's going to you know maybe sacrifice some some short-term success for long-term gain. Because I, I think Harris continues to start when Ricky Ray gets back.
2: Well, I guess I wonder next season... You have Ray and Durant. How does that dynamic work?
0: Well, I I think it would all depend on your contract status. But, I mean, he's I'm just saying if Ricky Ray falls into your lap in a package similar to what, you know, they got for him out of Edmonton, you know, a kicker that's playing senior football, and no offense to Grant Shaw, he's become a great kicker, but if you can get Ricky Ray for a prospect kicker and a first-round draft pick, maybe then you pull the trigger only to save your season. And unless a trade like that falls into your lap, I say you ride it out. I, I think you start making some tough decisions and some tough phone calls. Because you look at a guy like, what team wouldn't want Rob back right yeah. now? You know, I, you keep a guy. Like, to me, you don't let Weston Dressler go.
2: Even Getzlaff, does anybody want to take that salary on? It's well, been rumored that he's one of the highest paid receivers in the league.
0: Well, and that's and that's the problem. He's he's injury prone. He's kind of lost the step. He gets the dropsy sometimes, so I look at a guy more like Rob Bag. You know, uh,
2: probably has more value. Honestly,
0: I would agree. Um, maybe even maybe you float one of your running backs out there. Maybe you decide that okay, this is Jerome Messam's team. You know, because because of the ratio, Messam's getting most of the carries, and I know him and Allen have both. And Allen, whenever he hits the field, has been very good. Again, the exception be the Edmonton game because Edmonton is so good defensively. But do you float Anthony Allen out there, even just to get more draft picks? I think at this point they should be they should be stockpiling picks.
2: And that's the biggest uh, knock on Tamman, I think Ryder fans will say is that Tamin will send those picks out there and he will dangle those picks and a lot say hey he sold the future to win the 2013 Grey cup in my opinion that was all worth it. oh
0: of course it's worth it
2: to, to give up five years of crap after that we'll, i'm okay with we'll
0: it we'll take the pain it's a, it's i always joke i read, i read an article once it was a bill simmons article talking about how fans after your team wins a championship in most major sports have something called the five-year grace period where you can't right. be angry.
2: Well, it hasn't even been two years.
0: Exactly. My <laughs> argument with the CFL, the CFL is such a small league, I always say there's a three-year grace period in the CFL.
2: Yeah, but Edmonton hasn't won since 05. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Winnipeg hasn't won since
0: 1990.
2: Yeah, so there are long droughts in this league that people think are impossible, but they're happening.
0: And, and Winnipeg has been incredibly bad Minus the Kahari Jones, Milt Stegall glory days. Hamilton's got a drought right now too. Hamilton's got a drought. I mean, you look, you look at Winnipeg, and I guess you know Winnipeg. Even even when they went to the Great Cup in 07, they were a very very good team. Yeah. When they went in 2011, it was just kind of it was a weird season that everybody kind of was in some sort of big cluster together. And,
2: and they won the East final, I think, because it was minus like 35.
0: Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> minus a zillion, and I don't know if the Hamilton Tiger Cats were uh, were ready for that, but. Everybody's saying the sky is falling in Ryderville. If you ditch your team, you're not a real fan. I'm sorry. If you... If now... Are you going to be that loud, boisterous Ryder prider that you've always been in the face of everybody else? Probably not. But everybody still should know that you're a Ryder fan. I mean, you look, at, you look at the Eskimos game. I was pleasantly surprised... To hear how many Ryder fans showed up at that game you were at over the weekend,
2: thirty-seven thousand fans altogether, and a lot of Ryder fans. Yep. I will say that a lot probably bought the tickets when they went on sale at the beginning of June, yep. made a weekend out of it. Hey, we'll go stay in Jasper for yep. August long after the game. Yep. but they still came.
0: Well, and you have to give everybody credit for that. Those, again, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. Now. Do they play in Edmonton again this year? No, no. no. So that's your, that's your one time that you're going to show up, and I still think Ryder fans are going to show up across across the across Canada really for every game. It's just teams are going to have ebbs and flows, and you mentioned that oh, Tamman sold the future for the 13 Grey Cup. Well, you got to think before that they were selling the future every single year dating back to about from 07 when they won. You know, they made all the appearances. You know, they had the 13th man game. They've been selling the future. And again, to me, it's it's less about giving up draft picks and it's more about what you were able to do to develop your players when you're a veteran heavy club like that you know you're asking kids coming right out of university uh go sit on the practice roster for the next three years because you're not going to get a sniff right so
2: yeah the guy behind me uh at the game that yelled you know when uh when uh Tyree Hollins got hurt he was also yelling at Ryder fans walking down the stairs you know there's going to be a river of green tears running back to the border but my, my that's, that's
0: kind of funny actually. but
2: my thing is this Edmonton fans, I would like to see you drive nine hours and go to Mosaic Stadium. Yep. Uh, nobody does it. I, I will give it to Bomber fans. Yep. They show up. Labor Day. They've what? They've lost, what, nine years in a row?
0: Oh, more. I want to say more than that. But uh... but they
2: come every Labor Day on the buses. They still show up, yeah. so I think Edmonton fans, Calgary fans. I'm sorry, guys, but you guys barely go to each other's stadium. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I mean, those prairie teams, they should be traveling well. So if they made the drive, they put the money into your stadium. Yep. You owe them basically, and this sounds mean, but basically, hey, thanks. Yeah. You're, you're you're deepening uh, the Eskimo pockets by showing up to Commonwealth Stadium, uh, sticking around. Are you looking up the Labor Day I'm looking Street? Up the Labor
0: Day- Street. You, see, this is the this is the joys of actually recording the podcast in person. Um, the riders have won ten straight. Oh, the last Blue Bomber win was in two thousand four. They beat the riders seventeen to four. Uh, All time, Winnipeg is seventeen and thirteen in the Labor Day Classic.
2: Seventeen and thirteen. So,
0: pardon me, seventeen to thirty three. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm still remember, brain still hurts from the yeah the yeah, old yeah beer
2: yeah. So, and they still show up. Oh yeah, they still show up.
0: So. It's going to be dark times in Saskatchewan. It is, and
2: that that streaks in jeopardy if Drew Willie is healthy. That's yes. what I'm going to say.
0: No, they'll still win that one. <laughs> Every year they just they just they, they will still win that one. I, they are. I'm looking ahead to the Ryder schedule, and they've got a puncher's chance of two and two in the next four games, and I think that would at least maybe quell some of the upper. I don't think they get rid of Corey Chamberlain. I don't.
2: I think after the year they.
0: I, I think that conversation's obviously happening now as you heard yeah. over the weekend. That that conversation they're at least having that talk and when you're 0 and 6 you at least have to have that conversation. What happens if we go in a new direction? Because you know, who, let's face it, the two the two most the two names that keep coming up are Mike Benavides and Paul Lapolis. Yep. I don't think Paul Lapolis is gonna leave T S N midseason. I, I, I don't think he would do that. And I, I I'm sure the network would allow him to, but I don't think he's going to do that. And Mike Benavides if you were getting paid your full contract to sit on your can and you know travel the country watching football, wouldn't you?
2: That was the same for Lapo the last few years. Yeah. Winnipeg signs him to that big extension. Yeah. Hey, I, I'll do a five minute feature on TSN and get yeah. paid a coach's salary. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Plus, whatever he's making at TSN, and he's and he's become you know such a great. He's become such a great broadcaster. So I, I think you stick with what you have now through the end of the year. You reevaluate, but honestly, I. And it, and it pains me because they play the Winnipeg twice in the next four games. But I'd almost just like to see Saskatchewan go 2-2 two and two just to see some positive success there uh, to make everybody kind of make a relax uh, for a little bit here. Uh, they're at Toronto, at Ottawa, and then the split with, with Winnipeg. There's some winnable games there.
2: There are. Saturday, the news came out that Gary Lawless, or he had reported, that uh, Brendan Tamman was asking for permission to fire Corey Chamberlain as soon as the bye week. Now, that happened Saturday. The next day, and Monday, the, the Ryder Nation kind of turned and started crapping on uh, Lawless, but I think... Blame goes to the executive if this actually happened, which I have no reason to doubt Gary Lawless that it did happen. But it, my question here was that the report was that he would fire him after the Toronto game. If I'm Chamberlain and they're going to fire me after yeah. the next game,
0: yeah. What I mean, just fire me now. Okay, I think I've had some time to, to think of this, and and, and there's two two. Two things I think of. Like I said, the, the conversations of Tamman with Reynolds. I mean, Tamman has said during training camp that him and Corey don't talk a lot. He's flat out said that. When we need to talk, we talk. Yeah. So maybe, Ta- I mean, if you're Craig Reynolds and you're Brennan Tamman, you're having that conversation right now. You are. That, should we gas them? They don't know. But you almost wonder was this leaked? Was this given to Lawless to take the temperature over? On purpose? I've have seen it. I've seen similar things happen before in this in this business. And maybe. I'd say
2: seventy five percent of them don't want to see him go, or they don't yeah. blame him for.
0: No, it, it's almost like there. It was almost and and put the tinfoil hat on a bit here, though. But I think you know, do you throw it out there to see if the fans will still support this guy and will still buy tickets? Right. I mean, if they all say "fire Corey," we need a new direction. Remember the Greg Marshall year. Yep everybody wanted Greg Marshall gone everybody and their dog and their cousin and their brother wanted Greg Marshall gone and they got their wish it doesn't seem like people want Corey Chamberlain gone so I keep him I keep him to the end of the year you have the big organizational uh, you, you reevaluate, and that's I just feel bad for you Rider fans right now.
2: Last bit of uh, Rider news right now. Last week at this time, we said Kevin Glenn had a 50-50 shot of starting the Edmonton game. Now he's on the six-game list yep. with the torn pectoral. I don't see him starting another game this season.
0: It depends if Glenn will want to. Uh, from and it
2: also depends what the record will be when he's available yeah, to come back.
0: Yeah, I, I could see them. Uh, from everything they said, it's not a full tear of the pack. Corey Chamberlain described it as a little tear. It okay. sounds like he got a spike in Like somebody's spike went through his pads oh. and it created a tear there. So he doesn't need surgery. He's able to rehab it. So still, in, in six games, if they're oh, and 12 I mean, maybe you bring him back to, to give him some hope. But I, I think we see Kevin Glenn a, again this year. Um, if Brett Smith emerges and, and, and shows the upside that he has, I don't know if you see Kevin Glenn on the field again, but... You know, be uh, yeah. That's that was funny when that happened. I, I think you knew that the Riders season yeah. was officially because Kevin Glenn was good enough this year, and especially from a fantasy perspective, he was good enough this oh, year yeah. that he was eventually going to win them a game.
2: He's still leading the league in passing right now.
0: <laughs> not not surprising. He had been he had been vintage Kevin Glenn. He still made a couple Kevin Glenn decisions, but leading the league, he was looking good. And that's a big loss for your fantasy team, and that's a big loss for the riders.
2: I uh, wrote about this on CFLPass.ca. This is the 20th anniversary of the Baltimore Stallions' Grey Cup win. Yeah! Now, how do you look at this era of uh, the Canadian Football League? Now, of course, it's a very dark time. I know uh, the 95 Grey Cup saved the Riders. They still had to do a telethon after that to bring money back into the league. The '96 Grey Cup was talked about as being the, could have been the last Grey Cup, which would have been a tragedy. Yeah, and uh, I just can't imagine there being no Canadian Football League. After that, Friday Night Football starts, essentially saves the league. Now uh, the Stallions never got to celebrate yep. that win because the Browns were coming in, and I heard stories that they were putting up the name tags in yep. the lockers while the Stallions were still there. Yeah, and uh, they got all together twenty players. They had a reunion in Baltimore last Sunday. Sounds like it would have been a real good. Time. Oh yeah, sounds Jim like, Pop was there, yeah. and
0: sounds like that would have been a, a really cool, really cool to be a part of. But I look at that whole era as the league was desperate. And tried something new. And although it was mostly a spectacular failure, starting with the Las Vegas Oh Christmas Tree uh, national anthem. The Stallions led the league in attendance. They did. In their first year. They were better than Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. They were better than all the traditional Canadian markets. And th- they tried something new. And, and sometimes when you're a league that, that is that hard up for cash, it's hard. I mean, you get desperate and you do things like that. Could they try... I I don't think they'll ever talk about trying it again. No, But I'd like to see a bizarro universe where maybe you attempt it again. You know? Like you said, Baltimore led... I mean, you couldn't go back to Baltimore because, I mean, the NFL team... I think
2: you you need to look at maybe the smaller states like Montana and North Dakota and stuff like that. I don't even know if they have... CFL size stadiums because they don't have the biggest cities in those markets, no. but maybe they maybe they would, would uh, it, support that.
0: It would be it'd be an interesting experiment to do with a financially healthy league, and I, I think that's the biggest reason why it fell flat on its face. I mean, everybody everybody was bankrupt then. I mean, like you said, telethons just to keep teams alive, and where yeah. fans are giving money to keep their team there on top of going to the games, and I'm glad now that the league has stability. Like you said, a big part of it is that TSN broadcast deal, and I think that's why the league, even though received some criticism for not opening the door a bit to Sportsnet, I think that deal with TSN saved the league. And I know the the crew at Sportsnet, I know a lot of them personally, would do an absolutely unbelievable job of broadcasting CFL games, but you almost wonder if there's some loyalty in the league saying, okay, TSN, you saved us, let's continue doing this. So... But that would have been, yeah, back to the Baltimore party. That would have been, (laughs) you know, imagine celebrating a championship 20 years later when a lot of these guys, you know, back then they were probably living on Ichiban and peanut butter. And uh, now uh, I'm assuming a lot of them are successful and could actually spend a little bit on a party. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been the Boston Bruins with the $130,000 bar tab, but... uh, Sure, she would have been a good evening.
2: Now, I, I do want to talk about Friday night football a little bit because I was listening to the BC Lions Den podcast from last week, and of course, it was the first week ever that the Whitecaps outdrew the Lions in Vancouver. So yeah. that was kind of the talk for them. And I thought the BC Place looks really cool with only the lower yeah. deck, and it looks like they, they still get loud in there. They yeah. still have you know a, a great atmosphere in BC Place. Is Friday Night Football kind of not working as far as drawing fans in 2015? Because I was listening to them. Things are a lot different now than they were 20 years ago. Now you've got endless construction. You've got to work. Both sides of the family are working. The kids are doing everything. It's tough to make those games on time on a Friday.
0: Well, and I...
2: And so maybe if they're like, oh, I won't be able to make it till after the first quarter, why would I go? And they said that real estate prices are going up so much that if you live downtown calgary downtown edmonton downtown vancouver you just can't afford it so you move out to the suburbs and it's so much harder to get to the games
0: well especially downtown vancouver yeah you're looking at
2: toronto too and i think that's why the rogers center just
0: well in rogers center there's no easy way to get there i look at okay look at stadiums you know calgary you can essentially drive to yeah. You know, it's it's going to be a bit of a pain, but you can drive Edmonton thing.
2: has the train. From and the- Edmonton
0: has the great LRT system. Yeah. I mean, other cities should be looking at Edmonton for that. Winnipeg is an absolute disaster to get to, to, get to games. Uh, people have to leave work early on a weeknight. Well, that's why whenever the Bombers start, it's always like a 7.30 start.
2: And they had a Thursday game.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, it was well attended, and Bomber fans were yeah. loud, and... And passionate, but I've talked to my cousin that says at a 7, and and here's the problem in Winnipeg, and I don't know if it's similar in BC, it very well could be, but I know in Winnipeg, you have to leave your house at about 3 in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game.
2: Yeah, so BC, a lot of the people downtown might not be football fans, yep. but uh, if you live in Burnaby, Abbotsford, you know, all those towns... It, could take three hours
0: to get to BC play. Exactly. You and I have driven through Rabbits for doing a rush hour. We yeah, to the 2011 Grey Cup, and it was a nightmare. That now. would be terrible. I wouldn't want to go through that for for a football game. I mean, I wouldn't want to go through that for anything. So I think I think you're right. I think I like it as a fan having football on Thursday. Oh, it,
2: it like it's great for the ratings. Yeah. I mean, the Lions draw well on TV. Yeah,
0: but there's but there's a reason the NFL has made Sundays their thing and the CFLs moved away from it. I get it. You don't want to go head to head with the NFL. They do either. after Labor Day. Exactly. They they move away from Sundays, but like like you said, it's a it's a weekend like it it just makes it easier for people these days because now, you know, back in the day, let's face it, you're watching, you know, a, it looked like you were watching through a loaf of bread in your in your house. It wasn't the same. You know, now you yeah. sit in glorious HD with a case of beer that you picked up for 20 bucks, invite some friends over, split a pizza. Why would you leave? But I
2: think this summer attendance shows why the league doesn't want to have the season move up to May. Now, I know people say in uh, Regina, oh, there's only one pro sports team. There's nothing much to do. Saskatchewan has so many lakes, so many fishing, and guess what? A really short summer. So every weekend, they want to be taking the most out of that. After Labor Day, school's on, everything's on, everyone's in town anyway. So the riders a lot of times do have... Sunday games yeah. So instead of going to the lake late They leave early, come back The Riders are playing And they're ready to watch some football
0: But you and I have, have had this debate before And if the Riders are 0-6 w- You'd still go to a warm July evening If you had tickets, you were a season ticket holder You're 0-6, it's July It's 25 degrees out You're still going to that game if you're in town You are, Or you'll be able to find somebody To go to that game if you're 0-10, if you if all hope is lost, and it's a Regina minus 30 nights in November, you're not going to that game.
2: But if they're 0-10 in September and it's nice out, I don't I know if know. I'd be going anywhere.
0: Like, I I look at myself, Bomber fan living in Saskatchewan, once in a while tickets come across my desk. My wife's a, a a rider fan, so we'll go once in a while. I just like going not everybody
2: to... loves that going to the park, no matter what. No, exactly. I do.
0: Yeah, and 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 so do I. But I look at I look at somebody like like my wife. When it gets cold, we don't go anymore. We don't. She doesn't want to. You know. Even I'm getting to the point, and you've made fun of me for it. That it's cold. I'm not going to go. But. Again, if it was you know, even if the riders were zero nine right now, if this was if they move the season up, if they were zero and eight, and you offered me tickets, I'd still go on a warm evening. I yeah, won't for me bolt.
2: playoff games, and obviously, well,
0: it- people go to playoff games no matter what. But what the league needs to start looking at is 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 moving it up because I, what you lose in, in your late crowd and stuff like that, I get it. That's that's going to happen no matter what. Look at this year in Saskatchewan. It was warm by May. I had played eight rounds of golf by the yeah. end of May. Yeah, but I still would have gladly went to a Ryder game. It's 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 a it's a tough spot uh, with BC. I know one thing too that the uh, that the then uh, guys always say is look at Winnipeg at, as an example. You need to get get louder. You need to have this understanding of the game. I know they always hammer on on fans for that, but yeah, it's 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 a tough spot. I mean, the temptation is just is just too easy to just watch the game.
2: Let's get to the Fantasy Exposé. <laughs> Time for the Fantasy Exposé on the 2 and Out Podcast. All right, before we get to the games and the fantasy impact of those, and of course our guest, uh, Josh Smith from the Podsky Wee oui Wee oui Podcast, we better do an update on the 2 and Out CFL Podcast, Fantasy League a much needed win for the podcast Warriors.
0: Woohoo! We actually didn't blow it, considering we're a fantasy football fo- podcast and we should feel great shame for yeah, not we, running the league.
2: We beat ta- Team Obvious Eskimo Bias, and the Deflatriots, of course, continue. Well, they, they had a win over the Boatmen, who were not having a full squad. They only put up 60 points this week. But we keep bringing up Tyrell and his wager that if the Red Blacks win 12 games, that he will, of course, get the Brazilian. But he sits here six weeks into the season, and he doesn't have a win. So maybe if he loses <laughs> 12 games in the
0: Fantasy League... Oh, I see what you're getting at. So if Tyrell goes, oh, if he can do no better than uh, six wins, I guess. it would be, Or I guess fewer than that. But if he loses 12 games, perhaps the Brazilian should still be on the table. This is so deliciously evil, I like it. <laughs> I'm just so desperate to make it happen either way that <laughs> it will perhaps. happen no matter what. As, as I was doing at a uh, party after a few Wobbly Pops, uh, this is so evil even Bane likes it. Perhaps <laughs> Tyrell should reconsider his wages before his scrotum loses most of its hair. <laughs> yes! Don't, don't let the pain happen, Tyrell, for it will only motivate your losing ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Are <laughs> you, you going to be okay there, Trav? I will be okay <laughs> Alright, how about every time uh, From now on, every time the Podcast Warriors Win the league, uh, I'll bust out some Bane voice Deal Alright, beauty
2: Alright, let's start with the Winnipeg and BC game Now we'll talk about the three games We'll bring in Josh from the Podski oui Wee oui Wee Podcast To talk about the uh, the early Labor Day match yeah. Cats and Argos Now, man The Bombers are just a completely different team if Drew Willie is any sorts of healthy. Everybody's like, oh, the knee's banged up, yep. but he has five carries for 72 yards. Career high, yeah. 72 yards. <laughs> he looked great running the ball.
0: It, it, it only seemed to really bother him once. I remember he took one hit late, and it was a little... Yeah. He kind of came up limping, but...
2: He 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 does look like Buck Pierce and Mike Riley, where, uh, ironically, Lule is sliding and Drew's not.
0: Yeah, and that's it. Like, Drew is... He is starting to remind me of he's really starting to remind me of Buck Pierce, and you said it, and they said on the broadcast uh, during the game, just what a different team that, that Winnipeg is when, when Drew Willie isn't on the field. And I'm That's looking it up here. I'm on I'm I'm on the CFL media site here, and I can tell you, heading into the game, without Drew Willie this season, they've been outscored seventy to nineteen without he- <laughs> heading into the game they outscored opponents 90 to 89 so obviously add add 20 uh basically add a 10 point spread there yeah because they beat the bc Lions uh by 10 so it's uh you're right they're just a different team with drew willie as you can argue any other team is uh is just different when they have their starting quarterback in but uh I- i've also decided that after seeing liam haralahu's awful decision uh to go for it on uh on third down.
2: That wasn't a design play?
0: No, he's given the green light. If he sees the one really? man, yeah, if he sees the one man un- uncovered, he's allowed to, to it
2: wasn't it like third and fifteen or third something? Third and twenty
0: three. Like. <laughs> yeah, like. Um it's it's a good play if that's if that's third and four. Yeah. I'm doing that all day, but so he opts out of it. But I, I will give him credit. He might be better than Brian (laughs) Braun. That was a good pass by Leram Haralahu.
2: Corey Watson in Edmonton had a great throw. We'll get to that game uh, as well. But there are a couple receivers that I'm looking at in these games that have had slow starts to the season uh, and might be getting overtaken here. Clarence Denmark, what, Two catches for eight yards last yeah. week. He was four for fifteen. Emmanuel Arsenault is easily getting shut down by teams as well.
0: Well, I think teams are picking their poison right now at BC. They're basically saying we'll shut, we will give you your other guys, and we will shut down Manny. And th- they've done it successfully, and they haven't found a way around it. Uh, Clarence Denmark has always see Denmark to me has always been you see Darvin Adams really reminds me of Clarence Denmark. He's not always he's not going to have a, a consistent great game. But once in a while, he's going to catch it, and he's going to make two or three guys miss and rip off a 60. Light. Clarence Denmark's the kind of guy that, had he caught a third pass, we might be talking about a three pass for yeah. 64 yards. I mean, that's just that's just what, what he is. That's what he's always been, and that's what I'm seeing. Darvin Adams really reminds me of Clarence Denmark. Four grabs, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Veltung came in, uh, replacing Nick Moore. He also looked good. He had great hair as well, 558 <laughs> with a touchdown, so... Uh, Velto might be a guy to to look at because if he shows well again uh, with Winnipeg and Nick Moore depending how badly he's banged up I'm sure they're going to try to get him involved in the offense in some capacity but uh, again with BC, Andrew Harris, a guy I said should have been a first overall pick in some of your leagues Uh, no touchdowns but uh, 24 carries, 117 uh, yards plus 4 grabs for 50 through the air Uh, Travis Luley not having his best game of the three interceptions there against just the one touchdown. Now,
2: I do want to talk about this because uh, last week we got a tweet from a guy. Uh, he asked if he should cut Mo Price or Courtney Taylor. Of course, Courtney Taylor started the season banged up, and I said, you got to cut Mo Price. Courtney Taylor is benefiting from uh, Arsenal yep. not being able to get anything done, and he had a very nice game, and he looked like Lule's
0: favorite target. 4 for 59 uh, for a touchdown, and. Yeah, if you were on the bubble, but Courtney Taylor, uh, keep him in there. Uh, see how he uh, continues to do in the the coming week, especially if teams continue to shut down Manny Arsenault. He's uh, he's looking more and more like a start start every week. Uh, maybe not this week. They are uh, hosting the Edmonton Eskimos, and we know what Edmonton does. <laughs> Is um,
2: nobody a start there except I, Harris?
0: Offensively, uh, you, you're right. Unless it's the unless it's the must start of Harris. I don't. <laughs> I mean, if you've got fringe guys. Don't start him against uh, the Eskimos because they are usually going to be taken away.
2: Uh, as for Winnipeg, are we going to see Cameron Marshall get the quote unquote start very soon here?
0: There's nothing that's. I don't think there's anything that's that's indicating that. It seems as though. Mike he had O'Shea, 10 carries,
2: caught in at five. He, he
0: did. I don't think you're going to see a true. It looks like Mike O'Shea's philosophy is to rotate two guys in. And a lot of teams are starting to do that. Keep yeah. your guys' legs fresh. I don't think you're going to see him be a true 20-carry guy, but uh, you're right. Paris Cotton hasn't looked great, but he didn't see the field much either. He was on the field for the first drive, and then boom, it was Cam Marshall. Uh, I mean, Drew Willie was was the one uh, tearing up on the ground. Uh, if, I, if I had to choose to start one of the two, I would start starting Cam Marshall, uh, but... I don't know if I'd give up on Paris Cotton just yet. I think uh, Mike O'Shea obviously still sees something out of him.
2: Yeah, they keep giving him the, the shot. And last week, uh, he was the guy. I heard uh, Nick Hodge from uh, a Blue Bomber Talk said that he essentially beat Grigsby out of the backfield yep. and then got hurt. Yeah, he did. So uh, they they definitely see something uh, there. So uh, the bombers end up beating BC and screwing up both of our pick'em games <laughs> on uh, game one.
0: But, ma- but <laughs> making me feel great because my blue bombers won. So. Yeah,
2: that, that that's never a bad thing when uh, you know your team ends up. <laughs> that's why I don't <laughs> mind.
0: That's why I don't mind picking against your team, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thirty to five, Edmonton beats Saskatchewan on Friday. Now I know Edmonton put up thirty points. But the defense had their best game of the season.
0: Well, essentially, the defense gave up 23, because one was on a pick six.
2: Yeah, and then there was another pick after that, which they ended up taking to Saskatchewan seven, or something like that. so
0: basically... A couple of poor decisions and good plays—a combination of poor decisions by the offense, good plays by the Edmonton defense—put uh, them in eerie, e- easy scoring position. Uh, Matt Nichols basically says, "John Fraser, make the shut up your face." Uh, <laughs> I
2: picked him in TSN fantasy. Did you? I
0: just... Well, I just stacked. I know. I know. We talked with with Derek Taylor, and I he said I'm not a huge Matt Nichols fan. I thought that Franklin would be starting sooner than later, and then Matt Nichols goes off, and it's almost like he needed that chip on his shoulder a little bit from having Franklin come. It's in. almost
2: like it was designed.
0: You wonder, right? <laughs> I mean, you always. I mean, Chris Jones seems to know what he's doing. Twenty-seven of thirty-nine, three hundred yards on the nose, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. Again, everybody, uh, you grade on a curve when somebody plays Saskatchewan this year because their defense has been a horror, awful. Uh, so that was, yeah. Uh, their rushing yards, though. Again, you're seeing yeah. nobody able to really get anything going once Shakir Bell went down. He was only nine for twenty-nine. Again, you said the defense had their best game of the year. Saskatchewan, even the linebacking core is starting to figure it out. That defensive line is starting to look good. But they were finally uh, pressuring the quarterback. Yeah. Pressuring the quarterback and stopping the run. So that's, I think, their front... Set Alex Hall now, at
2: his best game of the year. By
0: far. John Chick did uh, as well, yeah. too. And they're still in a situation where they would really love to go... With four Americans along that defensive line. But because of the ratio, they have to keep Rory Connop, Brandon Tennant in as a Canadian spot until at least Shea Emery comes back. Which, who knows when that's going to be. But I think they would be even better if they were able to roll out George alongside Chick and Hall. But until some ratio magic happens, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, Yeah, they shut down Edmonton's run. Uh, Bell only 9 for 29 before he ended up getting a little banged up. but. Again, you look Saskatchewan problems has been in their secondary coming into the game seventy five percent completion percentage by opposing quarterbacks against Saskatchewan. You see it again: Adarius Bowman nine for one hundred eleven, Kenny Stafford four fifty three with a touchdown. Bell receiving had a better game receiving than he did rushing the ball, five for forty nine. Like you just you just look. Waltz miles three for forty one like all of these guys. With-
2: Stafford is looking so good, yeah. And I, I, I think Montreal they would be an even better team if they had him, yeah. Uh, than uh, drops and Collins. <laughs>
0: drops and Collins. I like that. I uh, that, that's <laughs> he good-
2: cost them the Calgary game. <laughs> oh yeah. we're gonna get to that soon. But man, <laughs> Stafford is looking awesome he, in Edmonton.
0: He has, and he's he's uh, he's becoming a must start there. That uh, that offense is. They're looking really good. I mean, coming into the coming into the season, we said Nate Cohorn was the he was the number two receiver in Edmonton last year. He's kind of stumbled down the depth chart, just four for twenty five uh, in the last game. But Stafford Lawrence, that they're using him at wideout now that they've kind of found Shakir Bell again, uh, that'll be dependent on if Bell can go, but Saskatchewan, again, Jerome Messam, uh, quietly, very quietly having another solid game. Uh, only three rushing attempts. Again, when you're down
2: now, early. That's my issue with the riders in this game. You yeah. have two rushers on pace for 1,000 yards, and I know that Chris Jones is going to be expecting you yeah. run the ball down their throat, but there was no attempt to even establish the running game. But that's Jacques Chaplin. Yeah, but earlier in the season, he looked like a completely different guy.
0: Well, and two, but they were down 10 nothing before you could even blink.
2: And that is true, but when it's one of your only strengths and you've got a rookie quarterback, you just put the entire load yeah. on his shoulders against yeah. an Eskimo defense.
0: But Messum again, he had an okay He had an okay night, 6 for 58. Uh, he was receiving. okay receiving, yeah. I mean, overall, again, he continues to lead the league in all-purpose yards. Uh, Chris Getzloff had his best game of the year, uh, 4 grabs for 53. Maybe him and... Uh, Smith will develop some chemistry, just like Jamel Richardson and Kevin Glenn showed some uh, some chemistry, so again, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, I wouldn't be outside of Messam and Allen. I don't think I'd be starting anybody in the Saskatchewan offense if I could right now. I know I've got Rob Bag on one of my teams, and I have to figure out what to do there, but because that's one of my Canadian spots, too, so it's just avoid Saskatchewan players for, for now.
2: I feel like Pat Watkins is going to get double-digit interceptions. He could. He's, <laughs>
0: he's, been, he's been, well, again, great on a curve against Saskatchewan, but two picks and a sack. Uh, if he isn't named one of the three outstanding players or whatever the hell they're doing, then no defensive yeah. player is ever going to get it because Watkins, uh, again, you're great on a curve against Saskatchewan, but nice game for him. So
2: I guess he's got three picks already, and he didn't play... He didn't play the first game of the year. Yeah, I don't even know if he played the second. So he's uh, he's coming on strong. If you were patient and you hung on to Patrick Watkins. Now the the Calgary game uh, still burned by this. When I watched the entire game, and all of a sudden Montreal is up to a seventeen nothing lead, and I'm thinking,
0: ooh, yeah. all of a
2: sudden, oh. We have Eric (laughs) Rodgers.
0: Four for 63 with a touchdown. Marquay McDaniel was also huge. Seven for 126. Two touchdowns for McDaniel. Uh, The carries, as far as the running back, the non-cornish running back is concerned. Harrison and Walter split them down the middle. Eight carries each Walter uh, for 40 yards. Uh, Harrison for... 47. almost
2: identical games for them
0: yeah which was really a long of 14 for walter 13 for harrison so uh one of them may have eventually merged with the job but coming out of that game i don't think either one of them established themselves as the no. guy to replace john cornish uh Bo levi mitchell a nice game 23 32 329 and two touchdowns
2: after i dropped him
0: yeah oh yeah i know you're talking about doing that and you did it and I I was with you. I thought that uh, against that Montreal defense, I I, I thought that Calgary wasn't going to have a great game, but uh, their big their big boys came to play, and that's the what you
2: need to do. Montreal offense after the first half, they just couldn't sustain a drive into the wind. No, and they ended up having a long drive where if they if they didn't go for it on third down, they would have came away with a field goal. Yeah. in the fourth quarter with the wind, but uh, yeah. yeah, Rod Black, we know that there was a strong breeze during that game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was non-stop. That, might
0: have, that might have been mentioned a time or two during the game.
2: <laughs> Tyrell Sutton, he had an okay game until he got hurt. I actually really liked Brandon Rutley and the way he runs the yep. ball. He looks reckless, though. I think he'll get hurt. I mean, He's,
0: he, he, yeah, he wants the run over guys. He's a nice change of face back. But if he becomes a starter in Montreal, watch out. He could be injury prone. Now, I think we've also come up with a curse this week, Travis. In our personal fantasy league, you and I made a swap. Yep. I sent you uh, Doughty and who else did I send you?
2: Uh, Greg Ellingson.
0: Yeah, Greg Allinson and Jake Doughty. For you gave me a pick of one of your three running backs in Sutton Bell and CJ. Yeah, Able. I had all. <laughs> three. You had all three. You you needed to get rid of one of them. I was the beneficiary, and you said take your pick. I said okay because I was one. like,
2: I can't start them all. Just exactly. take one.
0: So I said okay, I'll take CJ Gable.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So far, Sutton and Bell have both got. <laughs>
2: So, I'm the Tie Cats at the start of this season's training camp. Now, all of my guys are. Uh, so, I'm desperate. I'm like, if one of my guys ends up getting put on the uh, IR, yeah. then I can pick up Rutley. Yeah. So. Shut up, don't go on Tuesday <laughs> trying to take Bradley. <laughs> that is my plan as of now. The All roster All right, freezes that's fine,
0: out. and no, I'm not going to make the swap <laughs> back with you. We can't do a do-back, a take-back.
2: My, my uh, thing is, though, if Dropson Collins didn't fumble that ball for, after what, a 41-yard game, yeah. Montreal probably would have won that oh, game. Oh,
0: probably, but instead, and Collins... Did that and cost them the game. Uh, 3 for 51. S.J. Green continues S.J. Greening. Uh, 7 for yeah. 132 with a touchdown. Uh, Raheem Cato, another another decent game from him. 20 to 32. Uh, touchdown and a pick. Uh, like you said, Sutton before he got hurt. 14 for 77. And, and yeah, yeah, get Rutley. He's going to be the guy there. Get Rutley if he can't... Um, if he, if uh, Sutton can't go this week,
2: an interesting part for Calgary, uh, Sean Lemon got released by the I think the Steelers yes. down south. Now he is banged up with an Achilles injury, isn't he? I believe so. Yep. So I don't know if we'll see him in the CFL, but the Stamps do not have his rights, so no, he won't automatically end up a Stampeder if he does make his return.
0: But again, a lot of teams have kind of set themselves along the defensive line. Let's face it he's not going to he's not going to go uh, to Saskatchewan. He's not. They're no. a stacked there as far as... Im- or
2: Hamilton. Or
0: Hamilton. Or Montreal, because Montreal. Maybe
2: even Edmonton.
0: Exactly. Like, there's there's a ton of guys there that...
2: If he ended up in BC, and you've got Lemon, Elamimian, and uh, Big Hill,
0: man. <laughs> that would be all sorts of disgusting. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it would be... Wow. Maybe maybe he would. Because I'm just trying to think what BC starting along the defensive line.
2: Well... Last year, Bazzi made a lot of noise for them, and he had double-digit sacks, but he continues to take stupid penalties. Yeah. And uh, I think they want to kind of uh, get away from him, but they got Kareem Smith there. Yeah. But he, I think he'd fit in as a starter in BC or maybe even Winnipeg. I would agree. I would agree. Now, let's bring our third guest of the show on. It is, a I guess, a podcast crossover with Josh Smith.
0: And today's guest, we are joined by Josh Smith from Podski Wee, Wee and 3DownNation.com. Josh, you are our Hamilton Tiger Cats expert. Uh, how glad was the city of Hamilton to have them finally back in the actual city of Hamilton?
3: Oh, you have no idea. It was <laughs> uh, There was a buzz in the city yesterday as I was walking around. It was a holiday here, obviously, so... No one was at work. Uh, I saw some pictures on Twitter from the tailgate. Uh, People were down there at like 10 a.m. getting their drink on. So uh, people were pretty excited.
0: Uh, I've always wanted to go to Steeltown to watch a game. I've never had the opportunity I one of three c f l cities I haven't visited. Can you just talk about i mean there's songs about it we're both big R kells fans they got the tie cats or Hammond It always seems like you i've run into tie cats fans at a bunch of gray cups. Can you just talk about what it's like on a game day in in the hammer
3: well it's uh it 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 feels different the city uh like I said earlier just has a buzz about it there's 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 not a lot professional sports-wise here in Hamilton. You know, Toronto's got everything. And uh, mm. while this might get me in a little bit of trouble with my fellow Cat fans, there's a bit of a jealousy factor going on. <laughs> we're, we're sort of the little brother down the street, you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, Cat's football is pretty much all we got. So, like, you see, uh, you get down near the stadium and you have yeah, those flags waving and people are hooting and hollering. And uh, it, it's just a good time and, uh, you know, we had the Argos in town uh, yesterday, and that's always a big game, uh, especially when they come here. So it was, it was just you could you could sense it in the air that it was uh, it was game day.
2: All right, Josh, uh, two part question here. Now the Argos when when that sale or before it was announced, I kind of thought that Hamilton had 2016 Grey Cup locked, and then that was announced, and it looks like maybe. Maybe Toronto's going to be having the Grey Cup uh, next year. Does that kind of burn you a little bit? Are you wanting that Grey Cup in Tim Hortons' field?
3: I, I do, but in the same breath, um, if that is what was needed to solidify the Argos as a you know viable, profitable franchise, I, I'm, I'm willing to wait. Look, I live an hour from Toronto, so any Grey Cup there, I'm going to anyway. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, you know. Super ticked. I, I really do want uh, a great cup here, just because it'll be a lot easier to go to all the parties and uh, and get home instead of you know yeah. maybe staying in Toronto or having to drive back with some people you know needing the DD or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I'm not I'm not gonna you know you know spit fire and venom because they're getting <laughs> a great cup again. Um, like I said, I'm just, I'm just, you know, that's what we needed to make sure Toronto was uh, going to be healthy and and good going forward. I'm all for it.
2: Do you have a place for us to crash when we come down to the <laughs> Hammer? Uh,
3: perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> uh, you know, a backyard we'll, we'll
2: at see, least. We'll, we'll see what we can do. All right, awesome. Good to know.
0: <laughs> when the great hey, when the Grey Cup comes to Saskatoon in 2045, both you guys <laughs> can come stay at my house. <laughs>
2: What's the name oh, of the senior home that. there?
0: <laughs> uh, so I do got to ask you, Josh. Obviously, we all watched a hell of a performance. They remained undefeated. 8-0 at home at all time at Tim Hortons Field. What impressed you most about the Ticats beating the Argos on Monday night?
3: Um, I'm going to talk a bit about this on my show, so you guys are going to get it too. It was uh, that, that defensive line getting those, uh, those two third-and-one stops to me is mm-hmm. what really stood out. Yeah. That uh, – you, that, that's the I, I, I've lost count by how many times they've done that to teams this year. There were like three in a row against Montreal on the goal line. I think they did it once or twice to Calgary in the first game. Yeah, teams are really, really going to have to think long and hard about going for it in third and one situations when they play the Ticats, and that's not something you hear very often in the CFL when they're you know they get a yard off the ball.
0: Yeah, and, and normally it's an automatic, and, and you're right. I was equally just as impressed to buy the Tie Cats. How is this team getting healthy and strong at the right time here, Josh? Are they starting to show why? I know I was one guy in our pre in our season preview. I thought the Tie Cats were going to be the class of the league. Then all the injuries happened, and they just couldn't keep anybody healthy. Now that they're getting back a lot of bodies, can they be that elite team in the East?
3: I hope so. Um, obviously there were a couple injuries last night that uh, yeah. that aren't good with C.J. Gable going down and uh, Andy Pantu's going down. We don't know how long they're going to be out uh, yet. Mm-hmm. And there's, the Ticats didn't practice today because they they play on Sunday, so there was no mm-hmm. sort of word on any injuries. Uh, Nick Grigsby, apparently, though, is uh, coming back to town. Really? But tells, oh. Yeah, I just saw it today. So, wow. Uh, that kind of tells us that uh, Gable's injury is probably pretty serious.
0: Here, Travis, I'm going to need you to handle the next couple questions as I find my laptop and frankly pick up Nick Grigsby in our league.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because I traded him, uh, C.J. Gable, literally just last Thursday before the game, so I'm feeling okay. <laughs>
3: sell high, boys, sell high. Absolutely. <laughs> so to, but to answer your question, um, like outside of those injuries, yeah, I do think this team has the ability to be that – elite level team with these all these home games coming up uh minus the one they just had i think it's for the next five or here at tim hortons field um where as you said they have not lost i yeah they could really go on a run here and get them sort of get themselves some distance from the rest of the east division and then maybe finally you know be able to take it a little easy going near the end of the season uh Mm -hmm. as you guys know being followers of the league they've started slowly the last couple of seasons and really had to turn it on when it mattered most and Got to the great cup the last two years. Hopefully maybe, you know, getting some of those wins early uh, and being able to get guys healthy going into the playoffs and maybe we can finally get that cup back here in uh, Hamilton.
2: Yeah, and I listened to Pod- Podsky-Wee-Wee last week and uh, I-, I feel like the Thai Cats almost have the rough rider syndrome where they can't really go, you know, 10 and 8 or, or they can't really go 12 and 6. They're always going 10 and 8 or 9 and 9. They they can't really break through that wall.
3: Yeah, it's it's frustrating as a fan to you're right. Like I completely agree with you. It's, you're waiting for them to sort of like you see the talent on the team and you're like they can do it. Like they got the receivers, they got the defense. They they look like they have the quarterback, despite what Marty York might uh, like to
0: attest to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was on that bandwagon with you.
3: <laughs> I remember I was I was listening to that when uh, when I was out and about and I was like oh, I heard you say something about uh, idiot tweet of the week and then I heard yep. my name I was like oh what did I say now and then <laughs> I got, through the, got, got through the rest of the. Uh uh the uh the what you were saying there and i was like oh yeah marty york he is an idiot
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was i was i'm sorry josh i was a little fired up the minute i saw him say that i mean i you know me i try being a little unbiased despite being a bomber fan but uh yeah that that one had me a little fired up i think my wife normally i record these in another room and she even like she's like are you are you okay like what's going on here like you're yelling (laughs) yeah
3: to me I just I saw it and I shook my head and I was like should I let this go because I no no I'm not letting this go I'm I'm, I'm talking to this fool and you know he came back with some stuff and it was you know all of it was just ridiculous but you know that's in the past and uh Caleros has put together now two uh really strong games like last night not a lot of passing yards uh you know only 229 but three touchdowns he was efficient with the football no turnovers uh you know every week he seems to get more comfortable in this offense and uh I think the sky's the limit for the kid.
2: We like to yep. talk uh, fantasy football on this podcast. Do you, I, and I I know a lot of people drafted Brandon Banks, but really if he doesn't get you a punt return touchdown on fantasy, he doesn't get you anything. Do you see any scenario where he starts to get involved in the offense a little bit more as the season goes on?
3: Well, Ken Austin said when they re-signed him and said again at the beginning of the season that he uh, he was only going to be a situational player and he's He's sticking by that. Hamilton has a lot of receivers. Uh Bakari Grant, Luke Tasker, who's back healthy, um, Terrence Tolliver, who has been phenomenal so far this season. Uh, uh who I Fantus, if he's healthy, is is obviously, you know, probably the top Canadian receiver in the league. There's just so many offensive weapons that, that banks, you know, if they, they wanted him to be that weapon on special teams. They don't they don't really need him uh, on offense. So I don't necessarily see his touches Offensively going up anytime
0: soon. Josh Smith Podski Wee on uh, with us here on the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Josh, uh, quickly before we let you go, you threw a lot of names out there of good offensive players. Offensively, defensively, is there anybody you would consider kind of a sleeper pick, or anybody you see as a little overvalued? Like maybe their stats have been a bit of a mirage so far this year. Uh,
3: mirage. Well, I, I think a lot of people would probably be uh, be pretty high on uh, Justin Hickman. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that his stats have been a mirage, but he's been a bit of a disappointment. He's he gets pressure, but he seems to be you know about a half second late. But he's he's not really getting the stats, so he's not really a great uh, a great fantasy performer. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, uh, like again, it's it's kind of a you know the whole team kind of contributes. There's no real like when you look at the team, there's not like that one standout player offensively yeah. or defensively, really. So it's it's, it's kind of hard to sort of uh, like one week you know Simone Lawrence could get you ten tackles and the, and the next week he get you two you know what I mean yeah. so it's a uh, like it's a good team but yeah fantasy wise like I I you know I'm in a league myself uh, with uh, my co-host on Pod uh my buddy Mike, 6-0, um, by the way. I just wanted to throw that out. Whoa. Oh, wow. Well done. Well,
0: I'm, I'm the defending cha- I'm the defending champion of Pilsner Nation, Arlie. I've been told I'm supposed to throw that out at every time fantasy football gets mentioned.
3: Amazing. Uh, yeah, and I, I won this week, and I uh, took the complete bonehead move of forgetting to take the Ottawa quarterbacks out of my lineup. Yeah, yeah. So they were on a bye. And, you know, you get the floating QBs and all that. So I, I think it was BC or something, and I was like, oh, crap, I completely forgot to put them in, and I you know, <laughs> still came out with the victory.
0: Jeez. Well um, done.
2: Finally, before we completely let you go, we, we like to do picks. I don't know about you, but we've been uh, terrible at picking the winners <laughs> this entire
0: <laughs> Atrocious. I've been atrocious. <laughs> oh, so have we. Like, I didn't even place picks last week because I'm like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. <laughs> so Edmonton BC,
2: uh, I think I think we know who you're going to pick. Who do you got?
3: Uh, you know, I can't I can't take against the Eskimos. They just look Yeah. They, they, to me for me for my money, I think right now they're the best team in the CFL. So until someone uh, knocks them off, I'm I'm rolling with them all the way.
2: Montreal Ottawa.
3: This is a tough one. Yeah, um, I think so too. I'm going to go with the Owls. Uh you know, Ottawa went in there week one and uh, beat him. Uh, but Raheem Cato, like, man, has he been impressive. Uh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you know, runaway rookie of the year so far this season. If he stays healthy, yeah. I think that awards his to lose. Uh, so, yeah, you got to give me Montreal on that one.
2: Riders, Argos.
3: Uh, this is this is hard. Um, really? Oh, it's hard mostly because.
0: You hate uh, the Argos.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Very hard.
3: So, you know what, I am going to, uh, I'm going to go on a limb. I am going to say Saskatchewan gets the first win of the season and goes Toronto. Argos on a short week, let's not forget, the Argos played yesterday, so it's a short week and I think all that talk in Riderville of England getting fired and no one really knowing what's going on, I, yeah, I'm taking the Riders. I'm, I'm doing it.
0: Everybody, everybody in Saskatchewan uh, just, just fell in fell love with, with you a you. little bit, Josh.
3: <laughs> well, that's good because earlier this year, I... A lot of
2: them hey, Sorry. you! You hate rider fans. I listen to you, and you like you have no you have no sympathy for rider nation at all. But what did we ever do to you?
3: It's you know what? It's a long story. Uh, maybe the next time you guys have me on, you okay. know, we'll go through it. At least, if I hope you guys have me on again.
0: That's what we know in this business as a tease.
3: There you go. There you go. There's always a sequel, right?
0: Because I love Tiger
2: Cats fans. Like, actually, at the Grey Cup, when we went in Vancouver uh, a couple years back, it was kind of became a game for me to sick Tiger Cat fans after John Fraser. It was. I got scared. (laughs) (laughs) They just hated him because he was a Bombers fan.
3: Yeah, yeah. We can be a scary bunch. But uh, even though I sort of have uh, had a bit of a love hate relationship with Ryder fans, I have. I will say, gotten to know a few of them, and uh, I've softened a little bit on my stance. There's, there's some good ones out there. I just like yourself, Trev.
2: All right, cool. Bombers, Tiger Cats. I think this one's pretty easy.
3: You know, uh, let's be honest. Until the Tiger Cats lose at Tim Hortons Field, I don't care if they play the seventy-two Miami Dolphins. There, <laughs> I'm picking them.
0: I'm picking. Uh- them. I'm I'm with you on that one, and uh, that's a lot considering I'm a Bomber fan. We will definitely have you on again, uh, Josh. We will can we will ship your uh, shipment of donuts as your appearance fee out uh, someplace. It's in the mail coming from Saskatoon. <laughs> they they might be a little crusty. Uh, either way, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Where can we get uh, more Josh Smith like goodness?
3: All right. Well, you uh, can read my stuff. Uh, I write for Three downnationcom dot com, which was a CFO website that. Uh The Hamilton Spectators' Drew Edwards started up uh, earlier this year. It's got CFL coverage from all nine teams. There's some great stuff on there, not just mine. So if you're a fan of the CFL, you should be definitely hitting up there. Uh, You know, you can listen to me weekly on uh, the Podski Wee Wee podcast with myself and Mike Graham. We cover everything CFL, uh, mostly talking about the podcast, obviously. And uh, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I am at JoshSmith underscore 82.
0: Wonderful. Thanks a lot, buddy. No, really appreciate uh, you taking the time tonight. Yeah,
2: thanks for having me on, guys. All right, thanks, Josh, for coming on the podcast. Now let's get to our picks.
1: It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out cfl
2: All right, let's do an update on the 2L CFL podcast, Pick'em League, which you can actually find at pick'em.cfl.ca. Now, normally I would say, man, we're six weeks into the season, you're not going to catch up well. We've been doing so bad that you probably can catch up in a week. There are 26 members. Tyrell, on the other hand, does terrible at fantasy. He's pretty good at pick them though. He's second yeah. place, 2,120 points, and Huds is the leader with 2,200 points. Kind of Joe Pritchard taking a hit there last week's leader. He was doing so well, and I I guess I've officially passed you, but y- there's a reason for that.
0: Yeah, I didn't pick again this week. <laughs> We've been doing so terrible, and I just, you know, I got busy. You know, I had this, uh, I had to mentally condition myself. Uh, you know, I went into the mountains and did training. I was basically Rocky Balboa <laughs> this week, getting ready for the 37 beer wager with the Eskimo Empire podcast crew. Yeah. So uh, I was so busy training and figured that, you know what, I'm just going to lose As I might as well just not even make
2: a pick. Uh, we both went two and two because we picked the exact same teams, and I'm actually okay with that at this point. I think I've got two consecutive two and two weeks. So I would like to get a, a three and one or a four and zero oh here. It only took seven weeks, but uh, let's let's hammer the games out here. Edmonton at BC Thursday night football. Who do you got?
0: Uh, I'm going to take. Oh, boy. I really want to take Edmonton. I think they're one of the top teams in the league, and I'm going to do that. A a little part of me was like, maybe I take the Lions just for an upset special. But, uh, no, I'm going to go with Edmonton. They've thoroughly impressed me the past couple weeks.
2: I'm taking Edmonton, uh, too. I think they're the team to beat in the entire league. I can't see a scenario where I would actually pick
0: against them at this point. So, right now, I'm going to ride the Eskimos for a bit. Maybe, Maybe I would pick against them in Calgary. No, I, well, I guess we'll see what happens, but I. When Cor- if Cornish is back.
2: Yeah, at this point, I've got them beating uh, Calgary on Labor wow. Day. Yeah, I think wow. it'll be a great couple matchups there in September. Friday, Ottawa home to Montreal. I think this is the toughest one to call.
0: Hey, I've been rolling with the Red Blacks all year just so we get to uh, light up the giant did the Red Blacks win win counter Uh back to Tyrell's uh, wager with us again. Uh, I'm going to go with the Red Blacks. I think there should be a feisty crowd. They're coming off of a bye week and uh, teams since the second bye week came in are something like nine and two. All-time, and those two losses, I believe, were the awful, awful Ottawa, Ottawa team and Winnipeg Blue Bombers last year, so I think Ottawa's improved. They're coming off of a bye. Montreal played last week. I'm going to go with the all-caps.
2: I'm going Ottawa as well. It looks like they were just about 500 tickets short of a sellout, so it's going to be a rock and TD place. Friday night. Now before we get to the next game, uh, as we're recording this show, a lot of news coming across the pipe. Well, Ottawa, it looks like they gave Chris Milo a call, so he's gonna be joining the Red Blacks. Yep.
0: But uh, he might if you have individual kickers, might not be worth a try there. He's gonna be an improvement uh, in Ottawa, I think.
2: So much Rough Rider news now. We'll save the biggest one for last here. It's really too bad. I love Scott McHenry, but he is no longer a rough rider. Uh, No, uh,
0: just too many injuries was the the deal with McHenry. They just didn't have a spot for him anymore.
2: Telvion Clark is gone. Uh, They've also officially announced Blake Sims will be added to the practice roster. But a couple big names seen on the field practicing. Keenan McDoodle, Tristan Jackson, Marche Green, Mark Legree, all coming back. And... It seemed like Jamel Richardson kind of got the Tash Smith treatment saying, hey, he's no longer in green and white. We're not really going to tell you why. He's just not here anymore.
0: It was really weird because Sims showed up wearing number 14. And that was the, They didn't make an announcement before practice. The uh, Ryder writer Beat writers just arrived and went, oh, um, so Sims is 14. What happened to the other guy? Wearing what happened to the other? Wait, where did the other guy go? Yeah, because I saw people
2: speculating uh, that Richardson would get... Um,
0: uh McHenry's number back because I think that's what he used to wear. He used to he used to wear eighteen. I know I uh I fired a text to Joel Gasson of uh, the green zone. Uh Joel figures he's gonna be put on the six game injured list. I think he's going to be outright released and maybe given a chance to find another team, but uh we'll see where it goes here in the coming days. Uh, and I think maybe I'll place a coffee wager on it with Joel if he's listening.
2: So it looks like the Riders uh it looks like they're actually going to evaluate talent. Over, you know, with their 0 and 6, you might as well look and see what you got in the system and give those young guys a shot. Uh, it looks like Wilson is going to be uh, on the field against Toronto on Saturday. It is the Argonauts. I still home wouldn't upper. touch
0: any of those guys, though. I mean, let's face it, I mean, with Brett yeah. Smith at quarterback, uh, that offense isn't going to be particularly good. Uh, so, needless to say, are either one of us picking Saskatchewan to beat Toronto? I am.
2: What? I legitimately think that Toronto, on the short week, they might be without Chad Owens. The Thai Cats just beat the crap out of them, and the Riders got all this, you know, I feel like they got a chip on their shoulder. Chamberlain's going to have them fired up. The, the new guys, or not the new guys, but the healthy guys getting back on the field might give them a little bit of a push heading into Saturday in Toronto. So I'm putting a limb out there. I don't have the... Um, confidence very high on the Pickham website, but like, I, I really could see them beating the Argonauts.
0: Well, here's the thing. Green and McDougal aren't back until after the bye week. Yep. Jackson will be. Jackson hasn't been terribly effective this season anyways. Uh, I think uh, the Argos are going to roll all over them. Uh, Owens or no Owens. I just don't think... Uh, I didn't see enough out of that offense. I think there were, uh, the Argonauts' de- defensive line isn't the kind that's going to allow uh, a whole lot of yards gained. I think it, it is going to be a better showing for the Riders, but uh, again, it's a short week for toronto but they basically haven't left their backyards they were in hamilton they've basically been in the golden horseshoe all week uh there's no long cross-country travel Uh, i'm going argos the whole way all right
2: i got riders final game sunday three o'clock kickoff mountain time five eastern tie cats bombers the tabbies are eight and oh at tim horton's field sorry buddy i'm going tiger cats
0: yeah, yeah, I think you kind of have to, uh, because just so I can do this again. Cue it up. Play it. <laughs> against your own team? I just like that song. If there was a. The, the Blue Bombers are humming, I'd pick it too. I mean, it's just the catchy loop. Honestly, uh, Hamilton to me, I, I love my Bombers, and every week I've picked against them, they won, so, uh, that's part of it too. But, uh, to me, the Tie ta- the Cats and the Eskimos of the class of the league right now. Uh, the Bombers, like you said, uh,. Like like you said, the the Tabbies haven't lost Tim Hortons Field. There's a reason for that.
2: Yeah, they are so dangerous there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's crazy to watch. Undefeated at home, I think they keep that streak going. The best thing about this week, we have football four days in a row. So I'm going to love it. I can't wait for that. I guess that does it. Hopefully we are one step closer to Tyrell getting that old Brazilian next week. We will be back like... Facebook, 2 and Out CFL. Follow on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Fraser and Cura. 2 and Out CFL podcast. Talk to you next week.